Welcome to Hold Up, a podcast where we discuss LGBT media from the past and present. I'm Hudson, and my co-host is Grace, and today we'll be talking about Gold Dust from the crazy world of wrestling. Grace, I I know nothing about this. You have to tell me, why did we choose this to be what we talk about today? Yeah, so I have been a, a big pro wrestling fan basically my whole life as a as a young kid, I, I loved it. I sort of fell uh, into it. I love the storytelling of it. Um, you know, everyone would sort of tease me and say, you know, like it's fake. But to me, that's sort of the fun of pro wrestling that they can like re- they can build this like story. There's all these you know good guys and bad guys, um, and you're you're rooting for the the good guys to to sort of vanquish the bad guys. It's sort of like a mix of like sports and comic books and all sorts of stuff. So I I feel for, I mean my brother. Um, my older brother for sure was a big wrestling fan too and I very much look up to my brother so I feel like that's also why I uh, fell in love with pro wrestling and then probably my love for pro wrestling was bigger than his love for pro wrestling but the one thing is like now like having a little bit more you know this is sort of the fun of this podcast of like looking at sort of LGBTQ things or things that sort of tried to tackle you know LGBTQ themes gay themes and looking back now was sort of like knowing what's going on and being like, oh my God, why did I like this thing? <laughs> like, um, so we, we, there's some videos in the show notes of, of Goldust um, that, that we've put on. And it's basically just from like the beginning of his career in 1995. And oh boy, is it, is it interesting? It makes me second guess everything I've loved about <laughs> pro wrestling. <laughs> I, I was not allowed to watch wrestling growing up, so I have almost no knowledge except for the wrestlers who broke out of uh, the wrestling world into the mainstream. The first time I ever watched a wrestling match was last year uh, for WrestleMania 2019 because a bar in Brooklyn had uh, drag queens hosting a WrestleMania party. At- <laughs> there's, a, there's a very fun... There's. Um... I th- I'm not sure if the drag queens know much about pro wrestling, but there's a, there's a YouTube uh, series where drag queens kind of recap wrestling and kind of point out the ridiculousness of it. Um, yeah, that that's that holds. It. For some reason, I think that there is something. I mean, as a young kid who was attracted to men, maybe didn't know it. That maybe that was also the appeal of wrestling. But uh, yeah, so you never watch wrestling. What's anything that stands out from these from these clips? The camp. These are. This is such camp. It. It. I. I don't understand how straight men cannot like camp if there are men who identify as straight watching pro wrestling because it's. It's so over the top. It's so ridiculous. You know it's fake, but it's entertaining, yeah. and that's kind of the hallmarks of great camp. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Goldust is certainly, camp, but wrestling as a whole is very camp. Like, if you think about, like, uh, some of the most famous wrestlers of all time, the Macho Man Randy Savage, um, you look at, like, what he's wearing, and it's often, like, these colorful, like, jackets, and he wear, like, at one point he, like, got into cowboy hats, but they're all, like, green and neon and yellow, and his jacket has, like, tassels on it, and, like, the Ultimate Warrior was the same. He would, like, wear, um, like, armbands with, like, tassels on it, and, like, the whole thing is just, like, sort of, like, I heard once, like, a wrestler talk about you just, like, kind of turn yourself up to 11, and that was kind of the point of pro wrestling, but, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty camp, especially, you know, those, the, the late 80s, early 90s, um, Goldust is sort of the beginning 
of like a new era in wrestling. They were very much like a pretty PG promotion. And then sort of Goldust and uh, everything that sort of happens, they kind of move towards being a little bit more risque and eventually into what they call the Attitude Era. Um, but yeah, wrestling, wrestling super camp. I never, I didn't even kind of put those two things together, but that's a good point. I'm just, I, I just have a hard time, uh, following a lot of what goes on in wrestling because I know there was this wrestler, John Hennigan, who was on an, uh, a yes. season of survivor. And yes. I understood that he was not in the WWE at that point. He is now right. apparently. But right. he had been in the past, but he was still yes. in the wrestling circuit. So there's more than just the WWE. Yeah, right? so so the WWE is sort of basically the history of like this is like the Coles Note version of, of, of pro wrestling. Basically, um, it used to be that everything was territorial. So there was like these territories. So like there was like the New York territory and there was the Florida territory and there was the California territory and different people sort of ran those promotions. But Vince McMahon sort of, he sort of broke the rules of wrestling when he started to buy up all the biggest stars from every territory with the idea of going national. Mm -hmm. And so he sort of, the WWF, became sort of this huge thing and he started WrestleMania and he, so he bought all the biggest stars and he gave them all the the big glitz and glamour gimmicks or whatever right so that it's over the top uh in the 90s there was another wrestling promotion called WCW which was created specifically to try and like sort of compete with the WWF they had a bit of a rivalry but that company went out of business in uh 2001 and mm -hmm. really since then WWF has been like the only major like company it's really one of the only ones to be on TV there's been some other companies that have kind of tried to compete actually last year there's a new company called um All Elite Wrestling and they've sort of become like a bit of a competitor to WWE, but they're cer they certainly don't make as much money as WWE does. But then like sort of beneath that, there's like these independent promotions. So, and especially with the rise of the internet and everything being digital, um, there's lots of promotions that just run events that are shown online. And uh, like in any city, pretty much, you could probably find, obviously not during COVID, but you can find independent wrestling. And, and that's what I go to a lot. I sort of fell out of love with WWE for a while. Just, you know, it's been around forever. You know, it's a bit boring. They've become a bit of their monopoly. Vince McMahon maybe isn't the greatest person mm -hmm. ever they have business deals with saudi arabia linda mcmahon was in donald trump's cabinet so i don't feel great about giving them my money so i give my money to sort of local um shows but WWE really for like you know 30 years has been the one company but you know there's only so many wrestlers who can be in in wwe so people like john hennigan have left actually john hennigan came back to wwe recently but yeah he was on when he was on survivor he was not um competing in wwe yeah, I also, I do want to mention, if you do want to get a little bit of history on that, um, like on how the WWE came to be and kind of how um, not great they are to the talent, uh, John Oliver did a great piece on it. I'm just, yeah. it's all coming back right now. Um, it looks like it aired on April 1st, 2019. So uh, it's on YouTube. You can uh, look up that video if you kind of want to see kind of the more political side of of. WWE and why it might not be the best organization to support these. Yeah, days. the other the the big reason that people have a I mean, uh, there's a lot of reasons to not love Vince McMahon and the McMahon family. He's the the owner CEO of uh, WWE, but um, they sort of classify their wrestlers as sort of independent contractors um, in the same way that like if you had a you know you hired a plumber, he's an independent contractor versus. Um, but really, they should be, like they don't have a union, and so their healthcare is really bad. So you know, there's a history of professional wrestlers who. Um, tragically have like died young mm -hmm. um well we can talk about you know Goldust the guy who plays Goldust name is Dustin
Justin Rhodes. He he had an addiction to painkillers and you know had to get some help um, to figure that. That's a very common like story of professional um, wrestlers. So again, it's like I keep going back. It's like why did I love this this thing that uh, in many ways is quite terrible, but. Well, you didn't know. I mean, in the, in the in the '90s, there was a lot of um, you know exploitation of talent um, across genres that was happening. So I don't think you need to beat yourself up about it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, let's talk about Goldust. So his dad is uh, Dusty Rhodes, who's probably one of the most famous wrestlers who sort of never really had a big run in WWE uh, or WWF at the time. Uh, Dusty Rhodes is this big guy. He speaks to the list. He's kind of like an unconventional hero. He's he's amazing. He's one of the best talkers ever, um, and he's one of the best good guys of all time. And sort of he would constantly be kind of get screwed over by the by the bad guys uh, in the promotion. And so uh, his son had a lot to sort of, you know, big shoes to fill, or actually Dusty wrestled in cowboy boots. He had big cowboy (laughs) boots to fill. And Dustin had been wrestling in another company for a little while, sort of as this, like he was called the natural Dustin Rhodes. He had played a little bit of a cowboy gimmick. He was the son of Dusty Rhodes. Um, But his contract ran out and Vince McMahon uh, called him to see if he wanted to come to the World Wrestling Federation. He said, I have this idea for a gimmick. And the way he explained it on the phone, he said, you're going to be androgynous. That's what's the word that uh, Dustin Rhodes often says in interviews. He said the one word that Vince kept saying was androgynous. And Dustin didn't know what that meant, but he said, yes, I'll do it. And then immediately off the, got off the phone and looked in the dictionary for androgynous. And yeah, Goldust is a bit, there are some androgynous aspects to his character, right? So, so I guess the idea, it's this mix of a couple different things. One is like this like obsession with Hollywood and camp, I guess. And so he, his, he's gold us because he kind of looks like an Oscar figurine, right? Um, and he wears this gold robe and he has this wig and comes on the ring. But then the other half of his character, which he says wasn't really the intention, it just kind of happened, was this sort of like um, this him being gay or at least being gay like or pretending to be gay to play mind games with his opponent. And that's what we sort of see in the in the in the match with uh, Razor Ramon. And Razor Ramon was sort of known as this like big tough guy. He's called the bad guy. Um, but he had the fans loved him because he was this big tough guy, talked about having machismo and whatever. And he was the champion and Goldust was kind of playing mind games to hopefully get in his head so that he could win. But that's really where like the you know he's grappling him, he, he's you know trying to wrestle him and he starts rubbing his body or he's kissing him or you know the the segment where he sends him the, the letter. So that's sort of how Goldust arrived in the WBF. Yeah, and if um you aren't looking at a picture right now and you kinda want a reference point, I would say he kinda looks like old Greg. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. With yeah. um, gold instead of green and yeah. better a better wig. Yeah, his makeup is like pretty like horrendous. Like in his outfit that he wrestles in his first match, it's so ugly. It's just like a big gold, like leathery, plasticky outfit. And he actually never really veered away from that. The cost maybe it like aesthetically got a little bit better, but that's basically what he's wrestled in for. Like he still wrestles. He's fifty one. He still basically wrestles in this like pleathery type uh outfit so very interesting guy yeah so so goldness is pretty interesting like i don't know Hudson, did you read up like a sort of on the history any like sort of you said you talk about the john Oliver piece but any bit of the history of like or i guess anything to do with like homophobia in wrestling or like queerness in wrestling so you know i didn't i i googled gold dust i was trying to see if there are any articles about like the legacy of gold dust because um, there are so many think pieces these days just about media from the 90s and how it's affected, um, you know, queer people. 
but there was nothing. You know, his Wikipedia page shows up, the WWE fandom page shows up, and like articles about him having that opioid addiction. But there's no no one has yet written that think piece about how gold dust has had a you know some sort of effect on the lgbtq uh, well i i think probably the reason goldust is certainly one of the most memorable sort of gay characters although he's not gay like and considering he has a valet i'm not sure if she's in any of the stuff you've seen but his wife eventually becomes his sort of valet or his manager and the idea i guess there being too like people will be sort of incensed by him having this like beautiful woman and she sort of sits in the director's chair and she smokes a cigar and she's really yeah. interesting. But like the idea being that people would be so mad that like you're with him, like how are you with him? Right. And so that is like building off of um, Goldust is just one of the many tropes. And actually this is probably one of the most common gimmicks. A gimmick in wrestling is like the thing your act, your sort of performance and the thing that you do to sort of either the way you you behave as a good guy or the way you behave as a bad guy. And this is one of the most famous tropes ever. So the flamboyant bad guy. And mm-hmm. so there's a couple other really notorious examples. There's a Gorgeous George was a wrestler um, from the early 1900s, I think mm-hmm. about the like 1920s, 1930s. And actually Muhammad Ali and James Brown have both cited him as like inspiration for how to sort of um, rile people up and sort of get people talking about you like without just being, I mean, Muhammad Ali is one of the best boxers of all time, but like the, the idea was like, I can draw more money. I can make people want to come and see me, like win or lose, if they like sort of like if I can get under their skin a bit. And the being the flamboyant, like gay guy was the way Gorgeous George would do it. He would like wear makeup and he'd have robes and he had a valet. Um, and and he said he kind of said that wasn't ever my intention to do it, but I sort of did it one time. And then people got so mad and riled them up. And the best thing you can do in wrestling is to get any reaction. So whether it's a good reaction or a bad reaction, the worst thing you can do is for people to be silent. And that sort of like was one of the first like gimmicks and it sort of became a trope. There's a wrestler from the UK, a British man named Adrian Street, who did the exact same thing. He would just be this flamboyant gay guy. If you could go to your, if you're Googling, you should Google, um, I think it's Adrian Street. Search like coal miner dad. And it's one of the best pictures of wrestling of all time. It's like Adrian Street with his dad, who is a coal miner. And then Adrian Street like dressed up to like the nines. Uh, this flamboyant <laughs> yeah. outfit. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of that scene from uh, Zoolander where yeah. he goes to work <laughs> on the coal mine. He's like, I got the black, co- like the black, black lung. pop. <laughs> yeah so yeah adrian street was amazing they they kept doing it goldust was like you know the 90s there was a wrestler named rico in the uh, sort of 2002 2003 2004 and actually rico eventually became a good guy actually goldust became sort of a good guy for a bit as well but um it was really easy way to introduce people and sort of get heat in wrestling is when people boo you and sort of want to see you lose and you're the bad guy and Obviously, I think that that all stems from, like, how pervasive homophobia mm-hmm. is in our culture. And, or, like, again, I think we talked about last week of, like, femininity um, being perceived as, like, less superior or weak. That's all this. This is all built on that. Just, like, that society will boo a guy who is more fun. Yeah, that's that's not great. Um, I was really, I was I was digging the idea of, you know, having like the person you root against and that's why you're watching the match because it's so important to have those people like when you like 
um, Grace and I kind of met each other through um, our mutual uh, fandom of reality television. And in reality TV, you need villains. And if you don't have a villain making it pretty far into a season of reality TV, it, it can kind of flame out. And, I, and so it makes so much sense that they would need you know, people to root against, but it really sucks that it's like kind of based in a homophobic way that, um, you know, is, is stirring up these feelings of outrage from people who just think that you, that men need to be men and women need to be women. Yeah. The other really common like villain trope, especially in like the eighties and the nineties was sort of like Hulk Hogan, the most serious of all time. He comes down to the theme song of like, I'm a real American. And, um, he played this like very patriotic, like, you know, red-blooded American. And a lot of his villains, his, like, the, his, like, counterparts would be these stereotypes of, you know, from different countries. So a lot of uh, playing on xenophobia as well was also, like, the easy way to do it. I feel like wrestling, for the most part, like, nowadays has sort of evolved a bit from that. You still can, every once in a while, you get sort of the, you know, the foreign bad guy, but that was really common in the, the late 80s, early 90s, sort of the, the peak of, like, um, WWF um, was xenophobia as well as homophobia. Basically anything that sort of would rile up people, and those were, like, easy ways to rile up people. Yeah, I remember I watched all of Glow, which is uh, that Netflix show about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Um, and I also watched the documentary about the real uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. But in the, the TV show, it's set in the 80s, and they have all these kind of heel characters who are stereotypes. There's a Middle Eastern bomber. There's um, yeah. the welfare oh queen. Um, yeah, and... that, I mean, I mean, we could talk about race and wrestling, too. There's, There really hasn't been, like, The Rock was sort of the first black wrestler in, in the WWE to win the world title. He won in, like, 1999. But then they didn't have really another, like, world champion. I mean, at one point, they kind of had two world titles or whatever, but, but Kofi Kingston was a guy who won... I believe last year, the year before, and he sort of was the first black champion since The Rock. And so race has also like people never really saw them as like the big, the big draw, the p- person who could bring in money to be the top babyface. Black people were never really perceived to be able to fill that um, position. So I mean, there's so much wrestling is. I mean, wrestling. I think because it it is entertainment and it's it's a form of media and it's obvious it's fake. But they sort of pretend there's this idea of like kayfabe that it is real, and so as a result, like I think people, it sort of becomes a reflection of society because people cheer and boo based on how they're sort of feeling, right? Like who who resonates with them, and they were so a- be able to like sort of use these like tropes um, to create bad guys because in society people people didn't like gay people, right? Like, yeah. So. And they especially didn't like it if a gay guy was hitting on a straight man yeah um you know uh it's i i very much felt like the entirety of the match between gold dust and um i can't remember the name of the other razor guy. ramon yeah. yes razor ramon was like a gay panic defense yeah totally. in action yeah like isn't it like the the when gold dust gives razor ramon the letter and Razor reads it, and they're asked. They keep asking, like, "What's in the letter?" And uh, Razor, kind of at first, is kind of being, "Well, I'm not going to tell you, but like, you know, it's, you know, I'll tell you in the back or whatever," implying that you know, Goldus is whatever is he saying to to Razor. But um, there's a line where it kind of says, like, you know, you do what you want, but like, don't don't 
don't hit on me like right like it's like it's like reminds me of like the way people sometimes are like you can be gay but just don't like shove it in my face it's Mm -hmm. just like you shove heterosexuality in our faces all the time (laughs) yeah or or just like when people are like oh yeah like you can be gay just you know like don't hit on me haha and it's like just because you're gay doesn't mean you're attracted to everyone of the gender you're attracted to but also i mean in this in this specific circumstance uh gold dust was attracted to razor ramon and he's a he's a hunky guy i get it yeah he's got machismo i mean well i to to be honest i i think well the storyline or at least what you're i think you're supposed to sort of take from gold dust is that he's not gay but he he uses it to get in your head and then when he gets in your head like he does eventually win the title it might be in that match that he ends up winning the the sort of the intercontinental championship which is the second uh, title in the company, he does end up winning it. And the idea sort of being like he had got in Razor's head, and the more he can sort of get Razor to stop thinking about the match, then he can do it. But the way he does it is like in the grossest way possible, which is like hitting on him and whatever. Yeah, I think um, most listeners will be able to guess what we're going to say about this, whether it holds up or <laughs> does not. Does it hold up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to be honest, you know, I was watching the match and just. I couldn't pay attention to it. You know, as much as I, I love the idea of men grappling each other, yeah. it was, it, you know, it just, like, there was this very, like, there was this underlying sense of, like, rape, like, because it was, like... Well, certainly was, there's no consent in the yeah. thing as well. Yeah. He was, like, touching someone, gra- like, he was grabbing Razor in ways that were not, I feel like, the normal uh, wrestling moves which felt icky to me and um yeah it, i feel like it, it you know it gave you know fans of wrestling say you know if any you know guy who looked like that did that to me you know i would i would pile drive him just like razor Ra- ramona yeah. Ra- ramirez ramon ramon did yeah. um yeah i mean i mean so yeah that's true yeah it's, and definitely the whole like you know trying to like sort of appeal to that gay panic defense thing um that certainly is a is a good point i think that's sort of what they were going for is it ju- it gives the good guy justification to beat up the bad guy um is sort of what they go and, and normally that happens in wrestling like the the bad guy like pokes you in the eye or he like you know cheats in some way this is more like you know it's more egregious in us in a sense the way that they're trying to sort of portray how goldust is a is a bad guy. Goldust has a really interesting evolution. He sort of ends up, he, he's, you know, the androgynous thing, he ends up sort of becoming, where like sometimes a wrestler would like, there's one famous fight he's in. Um, it's like a hardcore match or a street fight. And he, the guy rips off his outfit and then Goldust is revealed to have been wearing lingerie under his outfit. And um, so he, he sort of like amps up, that, you know, that stuff again of, like, the shock value um, stuff. And then he eventually becomes the artist formerly known as Goldust. And he um, he does that so that he, he sort of then starts to impersonate other celebrities like Mar- uh, Marilyn Monroe and um, different women wrestlers. And he sort of, dr- like, dresses how they were dressing. Um, so he, he becomes more of, like, a gender-bending type, t- like, character, I guess. Um and then he leaves, and I think he leaves because he has some addiction issues. When he comes back, the sort of androgynous gay stuff never really comes back up. They basically just drop that, 
And Goldust basically since then has predominantly been sort of a good guy, this underdog. He's a little bit of like an oddball guy. They do a terrible gimmick where he gets electrocuted and he ends up having like a stutter or like kind of like he's imitating that he has Tourette's. Um, that lasts like a year. But basically after that, he sort of is like a funny character. You're supposed to, like he's sort of a comedic character that you're supposed to support of like sort of root for. Um, and as I said, he's still wrestling to this this day. He wrestles in a, I was talking about All Elite Wrestling. His brother started that company, so he wrestles um, for them. And he goes by Dustin Rhodes, but he dresses in black and red sort of face paint, similar to what you would get with, with Goldust. But what's interesting, you know, we talk about whether it holds up. This The stuff that we watched and his character portrayal, you know, there's different time periods where it does not hold up at all. But Dustin Rhodes, as an individual, is actually quite a big supporter of LGBT rights. His stepson is a trans man, uh, and he's come out on Twitter and said, you know, trans rights are human rights. And um, and he's sort of, because I think he's wrestled for a long time, he's, a, he's quite respected, but I don't know, an interesting, he sort of had an interesting evolution uh, compared to sort of how he started out. Yeah, that's that's great. You know, um, it would suck if, you know, you, you see this gold dust, you know, I, I, do you say actor? You just say the, you know, the wrestler, performer, the the real life persona of, you know, Goldust is, you know, some homophobic preacher who mm-hmm. uh, has a, a church, you know, in the Bible Belt. But instead we see him as, you know, this guy who is is an ally to the community. So that that's I think that's best case scenario for, um, you know, <laughs> a character like that. Yeah, we can talk too about like pretty much everybody who sort of played these over-the-top homophobic characters, these flamboyant bad guys, they're all straight guys, like pretty much. Gorgeous George was straight. Um, uh, Adrian Street was straight. Goldust is a straight guy. Rico was a straight guy. So, mm. yeah. I mean, are there any openly gay wrestlers in the yeah. WWE? Yeah, so there is... I know there's at least one who wrestles in WWE now. His name is Jake Atlas. He's sort of in their like minor league... Um, uh, wrestling division. Um, trying to think of, of who else. There's definitely on the independent scene, there's sort of um, quite a few openly gay wrestlers. There's like a, an event coming up. I think Effie is this guy. He's he's openly gay. He's wonderful. And he sort of is like, he's sort of that like flamboyant type, but he is he's always portrayed as the good guy. Um, he's, he's a good guy. You're supposed to sort of like root for him and love him. Um, and he does a, he's doing a show that's coming up. It's called Effie's Big Gay Brunch, where I think all of or most of the performers are LGBTQ wrestlers. And actually, All Elite Wrestling, their second ever women's champion is actually a trans woman. And they never really mention it on the show. They don't say um, Nyla Rose is, is trans. They just sort of, yeah, Nyla is here and she's part of the women's um, division. So, yeah. What's her name? Uh, Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. I'm looking all. She's these also indigenous, right so um, yeah, she's great. Um, and there's there. It's just like this is Nyla Rose. She is a wrestler. It's not like this is Nyla Rose, the transgender. No, wrestler. they never say on the broadcast. They never say. I, as far as I know, they've never said she's a trans woman. I kind of. I think in some that. interviews she said, like she's talked about it, like sort of getting to be. Um, but but on the TV show she's never and she's she's played as a bad guy too she is like she's often um, a bad guy bad uh, a villain per se um, so and she sort of she's um, a bigger woman so she's played off as like bigger than the rest of the women and that's sort of her but it's not like 
never portrayed in a negative um, light. So, and she's in WWE, or is this an independent no. circuit? She's in AEW, which is sort of like as I was saying, there's a bit, they're a bit of a competitor to WWE. Like they they are on TNT every week. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm just looking her up, and yeah, I mean, playing you know, it's one thing if she was being the villain because she was you know the scary trans woman, but she's playing the villain you know as herself not as because of you know not due to her identity at all and i mean that's you know i i i'm i'm just shocked because i i kind of see pro wrestling as a very conservative um yeah medium that's i feel like it's like viewed by a lot like a lot of people who like it tend to uh skew more conservative um but that might be just um an incorrect assumption on my part i don't think that's like I don't think that's wrong. I think, I mean, this is one of the things about like sort of your bubbles. I feel like my community, and that's mostly people I know online, I would say are more um, like left-leaning. And I mean, I get, you know, I don't, so I don't know. I don't know what the, I think the demographic probably if you pulled everybody, it would be more um, right-leaning than it would be left-leaning or even center-leaning. But um, I mean, that's what I mean. Like Effie, and his, you know, gay brunch show, there is, like, a pocket, I think, of people. And and I think there is a sort of an effort in some communities to make wrestling be more inclusive. Actually, AEW, again, they're, one of their vice presidents is Kenny Omega. And I I think he's out now, but he sort of had this storyline, too, in Japan where he um, he was teaming with a, another guy, um, and they were called the Golden Lovers. That was their gimmick. And they, not like they were, like, in a relationship or they they never kissed or whatever that's just what their tag team was um and people sort of like questioned whether they were and i think there's a bit of that like japanese like um like people trying to like ship them or whatever and they kind of like just like like fed into it but kenny omega i think is gay or bisexual and he's he's as one of the vice presidents he's really big on making sure that their company is inclusive and tolerant and they kick out fans like you can't you know people who tweet on social media they'll just say like negative stuff um they'll like you can't you're banned for for life from and i don't know how you enforce that but i was gonna say it's because he's canadian but um, yeah he is canadian yeah that's true you can't you know it's it's too much that's a blanket uh observation <laughs> uh but yeah that like yeah i'm i'm still a little bit in shock um and it, it does make me think of like the exoticos on the other end which is you know in the luchador where, yeah, I did. Yeah, um, I'm not too familiar with it. There was like a great Snap Judgment episode about Exoticos, uh, I think earlier this year, um, which basically are effeminate um, male wrestlers um, who perform in drag in uh, luchador wrestling, and they tend to be the heels. So, yeah, sort of. I think that for a little while they were. They were, the Exoticos were the bad guys. And then eventually, I think what happened with some of the Exoticos is that they sort of became like their own little division of people who would wrestle against each other. And then within that, there would be good guys and bad guys. And so, like, Cassandra is one of the most famous Exoticos um, that comes out of, like, Mexican wrestling and luchador, uh, lucha libre wrestling, and is a good guy. Um, Cassandra is is totally um, a good guy. There's a really interesting... I think it's a series called The Wrestlers, which was done by Vice. And one of the episodes um, explores an Exotico who then came out as a trans woman and still wrestles with the Exoticos. Um, but this really interesting dynamic between... So she plays a... Uh, like a In wrestling, good guys are kind of called baby faces. Bad guys are called heels. 
or in Mexico, Rudos are the bad guys, and uh, Technicos are the good guys. So Cassandra is a, uh, not Cassandra, this trans woman is a Technico, and the documentary does this really interesting examination of how she can go out and, like, in front of an audience, be cheered and supported and whatever, and then when she leaves, she has to live her life as a trans woman in Mexico, which is not always the most, like, supportive place. So there's this one environment, almost like she has this bubble, where she is supported, and then she has to leave that place and is, um, like, vilified, like, in society. Yeah, that's not, um, that's not surprising. Yeah, um, just quickly, the Snap Judgment episode is 710, so uh, it's about Cassandro. Um, yeah, there we so go. So if anyone who wants to dive more, like, uh, I'm obviously not an expert and uh, on this, but if you want to hear more about that specific uh, type of wrestling definitely check out that episode it actually came out in 2016 my mistake <laughs> yeah exoticos are really i i'm sort of fascinated by that i didn't even really think about the connection i mean I, I don't watch a ton of like lucha libre wrestling but they are it's it, they're very interesting it's like um i i don't know like this gender bending world of lucha libre that yeah i don't know they're very interesting yeah my only experience with uh that former wrestling is through the jack black movie Oh yeah, Nacho so, Libre. Yeah, literally, uh, my only only time I I see wrestling is in when it's being portrayed in film or television, like in Glow or yeah, Nacho Libre. Um, I actually have never seen the wrestler. I should probably see that movie. Isn't like his daughter a lesbian in that movie? I don't I don't know. I don't know if I. It's been a long time since I watched it. If I even watched through the full thing, I feel like I feel like. I remember seeing, because this was when I was still identifying as a lesbian, that there was uh, some queer element to The Wrestler, but uh, it didn't pique my interest enough for me to actually watch it. <laughs> yeah, so um, just going back to Goldust for a second, I had a, there was um, a friend of mine, Colin, when he found out that we were going to be watching his episode, he was like, oh my god, you're doing Goldust, like, that's so interesting. And so he sent me some notes and I asked if um, could sort of read through them like on the on the podcast and he gave us the okay. So shout out to Colin. But he just says he remembers watching Goldust. He was like nine years old and wrestling was his favorite thing. But he like distinctly remembers the first time he saw Goldust and that there was like something so different about him. So like, you know, there was obviously characters who wore makeup or like wigs or whatever. But like he was just so different. And Colin says he like really identified with Goldust because he was just like, different and, and, and queer. Um, but Goldust was actually like a character, like there, Goldust at the time for Colin, like sort of because a bunch of people were watching wrestling, Goldust became this like code for being gay because they, they, they weren't saying faggot or homo or whatever. They would just say, Oh, you're, you're being like, you're such a Goldust. Mm. Um, and so it sort of became this like insult because everything was like thinly veiled and like, you couldn't really get in trouble for calling someone Goldust. Um, and he said, like, it probably made Goldust, like, Goldust existing probably made his young queer identity very difficult, because um, Goldust was the bad guy. But uh, on the other hand, like, Goldust was just his own, like, his his first queer representation, right? And so I think, again, this is where we're going to keep coming back to stuff, where it's like, yeah, we sort of, like, latched onto something that we look back on now, and we're like, ooh, like, uh, that's a bit messy, but, like, we had so little representation, Um that for some reason you identify with that character or that person. Yeah, I mean, um, tell me about it. Like when you first saw Goldust, like how like how did you react or like what do you remember as well, your like opinion of Goldust growing up? 
Yeah, like definitely like intrigued. Like Colin and I kept talking about like being intrigued um, because like I didn't have the tool, like the knowledge or information to know who I was or that I was gay. Like, I don't know. Would I have known that I was like gay at the time? I definitely didn't know. I mean, now I look back at stuff when I was a kid and think like, oh yeah, there's a reason I would like make my character like a woman in The Sims and then like delete it before anybody else could see. <laughs> and like, yeah, there was just this weird attachment to, to Goldust. Actually, there's another, Colin and I were talking about, there was a storyline in wrestling. There's this guy named Mark Henry and he was, he came in as like this bodybuilder type guy. He's built as the world's strongest man, which I think was like legitimate at the time. He had like actually lifted the most weight ever, but he sort of, change his gimmick to become sexual chocolate um he's sort of this like ladies man gimmick at one point his girlfriend was like this like 90 year old woman uh -huh. uh, named may young who is like actually fascinating if you want to like look up a fascinating um career in professional wrestling look up may young um because when she was like 90 she was like letting people power bomb her through tables <laughs> but anyway there was a storyline where mark henry was like picking up this woman or someone had set him up with this woman and then the storyline is like they're like in bed in a hotel room in the dark and then he's like oh my god what's that and like she has a like it's a trans woman um and i like it was on this video of like wrestling's funniest moments or something but i would watch that segment like i watched it a lot and it's like sad in retrospect that like that was how but like something about it was like oh my god what do you mean that's like what do you mean? Like, w w like I just wanted more, but like, hmm. I didn't have more. I didn't know where to find more. So just like, okay, I'll just watch this segment of this guy being like grossed out by um, accidentally, like almost sleeping with like a trans woman. Um, yeah, like that's the sort of, I think that's sort of the same with Goldust for a lot of people. Like just this like intrigue um, about Goldust. And I think like if Goldust was like, Goldust had never existed and Goldust is around now and Goldust was, it would be more like Effie, right? Like Effie would be sort of the character who would be on TV where Effie is sort of like, he is flamboyant, he wears like fishnet, like stockings and whatever and he sort of owns who he is but he's the good guy and like we sort of like love that he is just being who he is, right? And he's a hunk. Um, yeah, he is, he is, he is a hunk, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that that's where wrestling is now. It's just sex that like, you know, now when we look back on it and it's like, all the innuendo stuff that like the commentators are talking about that Goldus is like, obviously there's like behavior he's exhibiting, which is like wrong, obviously. Um, but yeah, like very complicated, very complicated character in the history of yeah. pro wrestling. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, um, you know, you can talk about with wrestling. Like, I feel like the lore of wrestling is like, the, is like more, is, is as expansive as probably like, you know, like Marvel's, comics um there's just so much like there's more than you you know you can yeah. ever um you know learn about but um you know i'm also interested in knowing like are so have you so you 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 don't follow the wwe anymore really it's what you're saying right i i like keep up with like knowing what's happening mm -hmm. but i'm not like watching like hours and hours of wrestling um every week i basically watch their like their little independent brand and i'll watch AEW each week and that's really it but i'll look at the results and stuff okay so you're you're still so you're still in the scene that's cool i feel mm -hmm. like it's definitely something you have to grow up with i really wanted to like learn about the lore and i tried listening to a podcast about it but i just <laughs> it's it's not for everyone that's like that's cool i always say like uh, i always i make this joke now where people will be like um 
when people talk about like stuff that you should like you ask people for a recommendation on what they should watch or whatever and people are kind of like okay well you should watch this show but like you know it just takes two seasons and then it gets really good it's like <laughs> i'm not gonna watch like 20 hours of something if i'm not liking it and i think people should do the same and honestly i think like if you've never really given pro wrestling like a you know a fair shake try it out see if you like it if it's like not for you that's okay i think what sometimes these companies make hard is that there's like years and years and years of history in pro wrestling that like doesn't always make it easy to like jump jump in um in the in the middle of something but um i don't know if you like it you know check it out if you want recommendations for where you should like start you can you can send me a dm or message me tweet at me i'll let you know um because like there's some really fun stuff of like stories of of people one of my favorite stories is this guy his name is daniel bryan he's sort of this um, was always sort of billed as like a guy who would ever be too small to make it in the world of professional wrestling. He'd never make it to like the big time and he eventually does. And then he sort of is on the cusp. He's getting really popular. I don't know if you that like around 2014, there was this like the yes movement of like people just chanting yes all the time. And that was Daniel Bryan's thing where like when he would be like doing something and people would just chant yes, yes, over and over again. Um, it sounds so simple, but like it, it sort of took off. And then the storyline was sort of that the W was sort of like holding him back and they weren't like even though he was immensely popular, they weren't putting him in the position. And then they eventually built it into a storyline where at WrestleMania, he ends up winning in the main event in front of like a hundred thousand people. And it's like amazing moment. It's really great storytelling. Um, so like Rudy. So like, sort of like Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, yeah. Wrestling has these like underdog stories or these brilliantly crafted stories. And then they're doing these amazingly athletic things. But honestly, if it's not, check it out. If it's not for you. It's not for you. But Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, you know, I'm not a sports person, and I uh, I don't like action movies or action television, so I think it's just not in my personal wheelhouse. I think I would watch it just for, like, the drama. Like, I very much enjoyed, when I was watching WrestleMania, the the non-matches. Like, the, the, the kind of, I, I call them the skits. Yeah. I don't know what they're supposed to be called. <laughs> yeah, they're segments, promos. Yeah, segments. Yeah. Like, those were so funny. Those were... That was the kind of camp I love. Uh, but yeah, once the, the wrestling started, it's kind of, I was like, let me go fill my drink up right now. Yeah, I mean, we never really said it, but the the biggest, like I said at the beginning, like what is pro wrestling? It's sort of this mix of sports and, and a soap opera. That's basically um, what it is. Um, there's a storyline like going on right now in the WB where like they're trying to do like a, a parental, like the, he's not the father storyline. And you're just like, oh my God, this is like so campy and ridiculous. But yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I think that's what draws me in. I think just knowing that there's so much story and that it's so over the top is the reason I do want to learn about wrestling. But it, I'm still, <laughs> I think I'm, I, know, I think a lot. unless I run out of um, you know bad reality television to watch, I may I may skip it for now. <laughs> So I guess we should, I mean, I think this is pretty obvious, but should we ask the, the question we'll ask every week, which is, does this hold up? So my personal opinion as someone who doesn't watch wrestling, hell no, it does not hold up. But Grace, as the wrestling expert? No, it doesn't <laughs> hold up even as a wrestling fan. It's like, this is, this is when I look at it, I'm like, how is I a wrestling fan? Like how, when you're trying to convince someone to like become a wrestling fan and then you're like, you know, there's so much history you can talk about, but you have to talk about all this, like, crap. Like, I'm glad that, like, Dustin Rhodes seemingly is, like, not, um, like, homophobic. You know, he's sort of, 
I don't know. Um, he also did it at the time, like he needed a job too. That's sort of why he did it as well. And um, was trying to like sort of set out on his own path from his father. And they gave him this, you know, out of the box gimmick that he, you know, when you hear people talk about like Goldust and Dustin Rhodes and why he's so beloved as a person now, because he took this gimmick that like in the other, in another hands would have like lasted for two months and then we'd never see that person ever again. They would be gone. And he just like put a lot of time and invest investment in to the point where there's a there's a rumor i don't know if he's ever confirmed it but at one point he wanted to get breast implants to make gold dust an even more Whoa. like bizarre character um i don't know if he's ever confirmed that or not that was one of the rumors that gold dust dustin Rhodes was willing to get breast implants to like build the character um probably a good idea that he didn't yeah um if he's not like if he's just a cis man um which uh, yeah, from all my accounts he is but hey, no, it, it just it doesn't hold up pete Byrne did it and he identified as a man yeah there yeah i mean i mean people can do it and everything yeah. you know make your own choices do what you want but yeah uh yeah. we want to thank everyone who listened last week um especially you know uh big shout outs to katie who uh, wrote to me to suggest uh, a couple of TV shows to watch, and Dan as well, and who uh, who wrote into you? Yeah, I had lots. Of, I saw lots of people reach. Yeah, Colin obviously, and then we chatted about uh, you know what we're going to be talking about this week. I know Adam like uh, retweeted the podcast and sort of gave it as a recommendation for other folks to watch. So if you're here because of Adam, that's also great. Um, yeah, uh, we really appreciate anybody who. Uh, Tweet it at us, and if you have suggestions for stuff you think would be interesting for us to talk about, let us know. We'll, we'll throw them. We already have a few from a few people. I know Dan suggested some stuff, so yeah, we'll see if we can uh, find some time to talk about that stuff. Yeah, and um, specific episodes are really helpful. Like, if you say, like, we want you to watch, you know, Roseanne Season 3 Episode 2. Um, Seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we will. We'll, that's a, a little help, uh, more helpful for us, so we can definitely find exactly you know where to pinpoint um, our our later episodes. But you know, keep all the suggestions coming. You know, TV, movie, even like you know YouTube memes. Uh. Yeah, like this wasn't uh, like uh, we it wasn't like an episode of something we watched. We sort of picked clips. As I said, they'll be in the show notes. But um, this was sort of like you know, talking about something or, or a topic in general. So um, feel free to suggest those. We're willing to, like, think outside the box. Yeah, and um, I think, you know, if you want to tweet at us, I think, you know, a good hashtag might be um, maybe, like, reclaim gold dust or something. Reclaim like that. gold dust, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that works. So We had somebody t try to tweet out what hashtag whatchamacallit last week, so, yeah. What was it, whatchamacarcus? So, whatchamacarcus, sorry, not whatchamacallit. Um, so Hudson, you said that you, uh, you know, you might not start watching wrestling until you run out of, uh, reality TV to watch. Do you want to talk about what you've sort of picked for us to look at next week? Yes. So I'm very excited about this. There was a reality show on, in the early 2000s that aired on Lobo called Trans American Love Story. And it was about a trans woman looking for love in a bachelor style setting. Uh, if you have ever heard of Calpurnia Adams, she's the woman who um, is the star of the show. The first episode, it's not available to stream anywhere. You can't even buy a stream of it. But I have the DVDs, and I'm going to upload the episode to YouTube. So by the time you hear this episode, you're going to see a tweet to the episode link um, 
on our Twitter and on our Instagram as well. And hopefully it doesn't get taken down because this literally, like, it is not on the internet. And um, all the other episodes are, but for some reason, episode one is nowhere to be found. But that's what we're going to watch, right? We're going to watch episode one. We'll jump into the beginning. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I feel like when I've sort of, like, you told me that this existed, and I was like, no way. And, like, you know, as you said, it's not anywhere, so I haven't had a chance to sort of watch it. But, um, and then anytime I'm talking about, like, yeah, we might do, like, this, like, reality TV show about a trans woman, like, trying to find love. And they're like, how is that a thing that was made? Like, people are so surprised that there'd be, like, a trans dating show. So I'm super excited. During the Bush administration, pre-RuPaul's Drag Race on Logo. (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah. So look out for that. And like we said, you know, tweet at us. And um, you can also um, DM us on Instagram. We now have an Instagram that's spelled the same way as Twitter at Hold Up Podcast with one P. And my personal Instagram, which you can follow me at, is uh, Non Boy Nary. It'll be in the show notes. So <laughs> you can find it there. And Grace. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Hi from Grace. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.